So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this is again gonna be about John Doer and what uh, to measure. Measure what matters. <laughs> More after the intro, as always. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I've been going through this book for... Today's, I think, the third day, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's the third day today, and I still don't know what the book is called. Like, this just says something. This just really says about how much attention I'm giving to what I'm reading, actually. Actually, in this case, I'm really not doing that, which is something that really pisses me off as well. But yeah, you know, this is not what the episode is going to be about. The episode is about the book, and it's going to be the last episode about the book, and or featuring the book, I at least assume. But yeah, with that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast, and I am pumped, you know, I'm pumped, I'm looking forward to this episode, I'm looking forward to recording this, I've been relatively productive up to this point, uh, it feels good, you know, waking up earlier, doing shit, being productive, it just feels really, really, really fucking good, but yeah, um, if you want to listen to this episode, the link is down in the description, you know, just because this is actually a podcast, but uh, with kind of the ability and or the possibility and or the option to also watch me while I'm podcasting, you know, which is kind of something that some people are looking forward to. This is something that some people want to have and all those things. And um, yeah, but still for all the people that are just willing to listen, you know, and uh, for some people it is going to be way more effective and way more efficient as well, then please go down into the description. If you're on this YouTube video and you want to listen to it, go down into the description and check out the link to the podcast. And this link should lead you to a site where you could also choose um, on which platform you're willing to listen to the podcast because it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Stitcher, it's on CastBox, it's on... Uh, Radio Republic, I guess it's called, but I'm not quite sure. It's everywhere, you know. No matter where you're listening to your podcast, it's probably also going to be there, or at least hopefully going to be there. But yeah, you know, with that being said, let's actually move on. And I do just, yeah. <laughs> I assumed that, you know, I assumed that I'm actually having to do this and that, and now it's good to go. The third one is continuous performance management and culture. Individuals cannot be reduced to numbers. If a conversation is limited to whether you've achieved the goal or not, you lose context. You need continuous performance management to explore critical questions. And those questions might be, was the goal harder to achieve than you would have thought when you set it? Was it the right goal in the first place? Was it motivating? Should we double down on the two or three things that really worked for us last quarter? Or is it time to consider a pivot? Actually, very, very, very important questions, you know, just to stick to that a little bit, I especially like the second and the third one, like, was it the right goal in the first place, you know, because something, and I've been talking about it yesterday and the day before as well, we, and this is basically kind of the point of the whole book, we sometimes and relatively often, we just focus on things that do not really matter. And it is just a waste of time. And it is just also a waste of energy. And it's just something that you should not be doing. Like, but this is kind of the, the challenge right now, you know, to actually figuring out what is important, 
you know, because in the first place, some things seem important, but in the end, they really are not. And this is kind of then now the challenge and also kind of the difficulty of this whole job or of this whole thing to just figure out what really matters, what really is important, what really is something that you should be focusing on and what you should be going for. And I've also liked the third one, which is, should we double down on two or three things that really worked for us last quarter, or is it time to consider a pivot? Because I would actually say, you know, I would actually say that often it's going to be the case that people are going to double down and or quadruple down on whatever worked the last quarter. And I gotta have to say that it just makes sense. It just makes sense. But, you know, unless it is actually the case that you're seeing some sort of a change in culture, change in time, change in how things are going to be made in the future, then I think you should definitely consider a pivot, you know, definitely consider a change and definitely consider doing something different just because like in the now things might be working and in the past they might have been working, but who says that they're also going to work in the future? You know, this is something to really consider and really think about because I don't know, like of course in the now your, your company might be doing pretty well, but I think you would also like to sustain that, you know, to sustain that productivity and that performance and that um, that uh, time here that you're having right now, the money that you're having right now. And therefore, we have to innovate, which is something that's totally important. But I don't know, sometimes I feel like that uh, companies are not innovating that much. But yeah, you know, it's just another debate, I guess, another discussion. Continuous performance management is implemented with an instrument called CFR, which gives OCRs, or OKRs, I'm sorry, their human voice. Conversations, an authentic, richly textured, textured exchange between manager and contributor aimed at driving performance. Feedback, bidirectional or network communication among peers to evaluate progress and guide future improvements. And the last one is the recognition, expression of appreciation to deserving individuals for contributions of all sizes. And I really have to emphasize the last one, like recognition, telling somebody that he or she did a really good job is something that's so incredibly important, you know, and it's not only important just in a relationship between the manager and the, um, like the worker or employee or whatever it might be, but it is also definitely very important in the connection between an employer and or employee and another employee. So two colleagues, basically, it's really so important. And I really have to tell you, I really have to tell you, if you're recognizing that somebody's doing just a really great job, please tell them. Please tell them that, that the job that they're doing is really fucking great, that they're doing just a really great job, that what they were able to do and what they are able to do is just insanely nice, insanely well, insanely good. Just tell them, you know, because the thing is, it's going to make their day way better. And it's also maybe going to make your day way better just because you have done something nice and you have done something nice to another human being and you've made actually another human being's day a little bit better just by showing your appreciation for what the other human being is just doing. It just really moves a lot. Um, I'm sorry. And now we're actually going into the whole things. So conversations, feedbacks and, or conversations, feedback and uh, recognition uh, in just some sort of a one-on-one -on -one thing. Like, now we're going to talk about conversations. <laughs> so five critical areas emerge from conversation between managers and contributors. 
The first thing is goal setting and reflection. The discussion focuses on how best to align individual objectives and key results with organizational priorities. The second thing is ongoing progress updates, the brief and data-driven check-ins on the employee's real-time progress with problem-solving as needed. Um, Two-way coaching, it helps contributors reach their potential and managers to do a better job. Like, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Like, it, for, for me, it basically is like feedback on both sides, you know. It's, it's not only that the coach and or the manager is giving... Um, is giving the employee or the people that or the person that is just managing. Why is this? Wait a second. It's actually pretty fine. Like this. Yeah. I think that's quite good. You know, there's some texture on me, which might be cool, which might not be cool. I don't fucking know, but I'm getting some sunlight, which is also something that you need. You know, if you're just sitting there watching this fucking 30 minute video, please go outside a little bit. If it's nice outside, if there's the sun outside, please go outside and get some sunlight. It's just really important, you know, for your health and not only physical, but also I really believe mental health as well. Like just really enjoying the sun a little bit, you know, the beauty of nature and those things. But yeah, um, what I wanted to say is that I think it's truly important that both sides are giving and receiving feedback, you know, because the thing is, of course, the employee is going to get some feedback from the, or some coaching from the manager, but who says that what the manager is doing is good and or perfect and or just uh, doing something, doing something to the employee, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case and therefore just two-sided or two-way coaching is truly important because um, if you're telling the coach or, or if you're telling your manager that uh, what he's doing and or what she's doing or the way she or he is doing it is not really good and it is just not working for you, it just is a win-win situation, you know, because the employee just uh, speaks up and potentially then gets, which is the other sign of the win-win situation, better coaching because the coach and also the manager and or manager just realizes, okay, it is actually the case. You know, it is actually the case that I could have done a better job and or I should have done I should have done it in a different way because just how I have been doing it in the past isn't quite working for this person because we are all individuals and because things work differently for us. The fourth thing, Career growth. It develops skills, identifies growth opportunities and expands employees' vision of their future, of their future and the company. And the fifth one is lightweight performance reviews, a feedback mechanism to gather inputs and summarize what the employee has accomplished since the last meeting. Also really, really, really makes sense. And this is just some, this is actually some gold, you know, some real jewelry here for all the managers outside there and all those people that are leading some other people. You know, this is definitely something that's truly valuable, at my point of view at least. You know, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I think it's, it's truly valuable. <laughs> Feedback. Today's workers want to be empowered and inspired, not told what to do. They want to provide feedback to the managers, not wait for a year to receive feedback from their managers. They want to discuss their goals on a regular basis, share them with others and track progress from peers. In Adobe, individuals want to know how they are doing while they are doing it 
and also what they need to do differently. Contributors get highly specific performance feedback at least once every six weeks. This way, everybody knows where, to, where they stand and how they, how they are contributing value to the company. And as I've been talking about it yesterday, I really believe that knowing how you're contributing to the company is something that's incredibly important. Incredibly important. Because um, I think we all want to know what we are changing in the company and how we can change the, con the company because it just gives you a feeling of uh, having power, I guess. And just, just a feeling of, okay, you're not unnecessarily there. You know, there's just a meaning why you're there. There's a purpose why you're there. And you're just a really big part of this whole fucking chain that moves something. It's just, uh, you know, it just feels great for me, you know, and it just feels very important for me. Recognition. Modern recognition is performance-based and horizontal. Here are some ways to implement it. Institute peer-to-peer -peer recognition. When employee achievements are consistently recognized by peers, a culture of gratitude is born. Establish clear criteria. Recognize people for actions and results. Completion of special projects, achievements of company goals, demonstrations of company values. Share recognition stories. Newsletters or company blogs can supply the narrative behind the accomplishment, giving recognition more meaning. Like, this is also a pretty good idea, like having a company blog and or a company newsletter where it's basically there's a section and this is about, okay, uh, recognizing the skills of somebody and or what somebody did in the company or what somebody was able to accomplish inside of the company. It just really is cool. You know, it really is cool then because I would actually also assume that people are going to read it and people are going to read and see, okay, uh, today I'm in a newsletter, you know, because I have done something that's uh, significant, you know, and other people have seen it and also the company itself has seen it, you know. It is, I think, just also uh, a pretty great way to keep being motivated, you know, that you're just still doing stuff and that you just go on doing stuff because, um, because the chance is there that you're also going to be in the newsletter, you know. You might also be in the newsletter every single week just because you're so a hard worker and you're so an accomplished and are so a hardworking personality. The next point. Make recognition frequent and attainable. Hail small accomplishments to that extra... So hail small accomplishments too. That extra effort to meet a deadline, that special polish on a proposal, the little things a manager might take for granted. And the last one is tie recognition to company goals and strategies. Customer service, innovation, teamwork, cost cutting, any organizational priority can be supported by a timely shout out. To sum up, OKRs are clear vessels for leaders, for leaders' priorities and insights. See... VRs help ensure that those priorities and insights get transmitted, but goals cannot be attained without a medium and organization's culture. Culture is a set of values and beliefs as well as famili familiarity with the way things are done and should be done in a company. An OKR culture, uh, an OKR culture is an accountable culture. You don't push toward a goal just because the boss gave you an order. You do it because every OKR is transparently important to the company and the colleagues who count on you. It is a social contract, but a self-governed one. So it's like, um, 
you are led by somebody, but you're still having the power to do something on your own. This is just how I'm seeing it and how I've understood it. And I actually have to say, like, okay, you know, there's those OCR, just in terms of calling them, you know, throughout the whole summary, I've, I've, I've never ever remembered what OKR is standing for and what the CFR, I still don't know what the CFR is, and especially not an OKR, even though this is something that has been part of the whole summary from the very beginning on, but I still don't know. But what I've seen is that there's just a lot of things in there that really make sense and that really are important, at least for me, for actually having a culture, uh, having a good culture and also a good environment, a good atmosphere in your company. You know, let's, I could actually scroll through and just pick something um, just like, I don't know, let, let's actually stretch for amazing. Focus and, uh, focus and commitment are a must for targeting goals that make a real difference. Only a transparent, collaborative, aligned and connected organization can achieve so far beyond the norm. Without quantifiable tracking, how can you know when you reach that amazing stretch objective? All those three points, they are amazingly important and they are amazing as such. And I don't know, like, I just might be having some problems with uh, how he called those things and that there has to be a name for those things. Maybe there just actually have to be names for those things. Just for some people, it might be really important. But for me, it is actually like uh, a little bit, it's, it's worse than it actually a little bit for me, you know. But I'm definitely seeing the value in here. I'm really seeing the value. But by maybe just using the metaphor of those OCRs and OKRs and whatever it is, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, it's still very important and for every, for every leader and also manager, this is definitely something that's, uh, valuable, at least at my point of view. Uh, the action steps, visit the book's website for additional resources, read aspirational stories of how others set their OKRs, which is something that's probably going to be very important for you because it's always nice to see some inspiration and see how other people have done things, you know, so that you're having some sort of a anchor, an anchor in terms of you seeing how you could also be doing it and how just it is done, basically, you know, what the basics of it is. But yeah, the third one is download Google's OKR playbook to learn from the organization that used OKRs to 10x their growth. And the last one is download the complete book on Amazon. I might actually be going through the book's website to see what's on there, you know, and to see if there's actually something valuable on there, because I guess, and I also hope, that there is something of value in there. But yeah, the key takeaways and the conclusion, actually, ideas are easy and the execution is everything, and the execution is difficult, you know. It's it's actually like this simple and easy thing, Um A lot of things are not easy, but they are simple. Simple in terms of the execution is actually simple. How you can do those things is simple. How you could be able to achieve those things is simple in theory, but the execution is definitely not easy. It is simple because everybody could basically do it, but it's not easy because it just involves sacrificing quite a lot of time and or maybe even relationships, maybe even something that's way more important for you than time and relationship I don't know, health, for example. Uh, an objective is simply what is to be achieved. Key results monitor how we can, to, we can get to the objective. An effective OKR system links goals to a team's broader mission, alignment and clarity to the entire organization. 
OKRs have four superpowers. The first one is focus and committed, commit to priorities. The second one is align and connect for teamwork. The third one is track for accountability. And the fourth and last one is stretch for amazing. Continuous performance management is, is implemented with CFR, which stands for continuous... Uh, nothing. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm sorry. It stands for conversation... Conversations, feedback, and recognition. Okay, you know, again, like it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Goals cannot be attained without a medium and organization's culture. And that's quite it with the key takeaways and/or the conclusion. And now there's also further readings. And the first one is Radical Candor by Kim Malone Scott. Kim Scott teaches her vital new approach to effective management, the Radical Candor method, which lessons distilled from her experience at Apple and Google. That's amazing. And guidelines, which, which is actually the book from Paul Miners, you know, because we are on the paulminers.com site. And it's a pretty good book. It um, summarizes the main lessons from 33 of the best-selling self-help books in one place. And it is available as an 80-page ebook and or 115-minute audiobook and it guide, um, guidelines lists 31 rules or guidelines that you should follow to improve your productivity, become a better leader, to better in business, improve your health, succeed in life and become a happier person. All those things. So you might be interested in it. As always, the link to this article and also essentially to the guidelines book is going to be in the description and or in the show notes if you're on the podcast. But yeah, um, Let's actually have a look on the book's site just because I'm interested in if there's actually some additional information that could be truly important. Um, let's see. What's that? Oh. I just remember that I should probably not show everything that I'm showing here because when I'm just getting to Amazon again, I have to cut it out and it's just really really, really is not like it's some work to do, you know, when I'm having to cut it out. Some additional work that is just really unnecessary. But unfortunately, I can't find the site. I can't find the site. But Bill Gates said something. I would recommend John's book for anyone interested in becoming a better manager. And also Ray Hoffman. He's also an author. Jim Collins. Uh, Cheryl uh, Sandberg. Facebook COO and founder of leanin.org and option B org. Walter I. Saxon, author of Steve Jobs and Leonardo da Vinci. It's actually insane. Like, um, well, I can actually show you there. Um, Walter I. Saxon is actually, I think, I don't know. Let's actually see. Walter I. Saxon. Um, and it is him. I didn't know that. Um, so he is called James K. Glassman. Is it just only kind of an, an artist name or something? Oh no, it's, it's I think not. So Walleye Saxon, born May 20th, 1952, is an American historian, journalist and writer. He's the university professor um, of history at Tulane University. He has been the president and CEO of the Aspen Institute, a non 
partisan educational and policy studies organization based on Washington, in Washington DC, chairman and CEO of CNN and managing editor of Time. Wait, what? You know, he's the CEO of two companies. One of them is CNN, which is fucking insane. And he's also the managing editor of Time. And he has written biographies of Leonardo da Vinci, Steve Jobs, Benjamin Franklin, Albert Einstein, and Henry Kissinger. Or maybe it's French, therefore Ori or Ori Kissinger, something. But I don't know. I think it's Henry. Uh, he was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, the son of Irwin and Betty Lou Isaacson. His father was a kindly Jewish, a kindly Jewish, distracted humanist engineer with a reference for science. And his mother, Betty, was a real estate broker. Isaacson attended New Orleans uh, Isidore New Man School, where he was student body president. He attended the Deep Springs College for the children. So, so, like, there's a lot of information about him. But like, what I want to see is his uh, net worth. <laughs> it is actually one of the first things that I'm doing every single day or every single time when I'm, um, when I'm finding a new person. It's actually not that much. Walter Isaacson net worth. The estimate net worth of Walter Isaacson is at least $1.79 million as of the 9th December 2016. What is actually, it's, it's not that much. It really is not that much. Of course, it is really a lot compared to the majority of the people, but it's really not a lot uh, just in terms of basically like being the CEO of CNN, I guess your salary isn't that low, to be honest. But yeah, you know, but yeah, I think I'm going to end the episode there. You know, it's a good point to end, this, to end the episode, I guess. But yeah, um, I wish the best health, wealth, happiness, and also success. And I also wish you that, uh, and I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on you're going to be remembered, you know, and which means like your legacy, because we can definitely stimulate our legacy, which means that we uh, are nice and then being remembered as a nice person, because this is something that we can totally do. And this is also something that might also be advisable to do and or suggestible to do just because it's cool to be remembered as a nice person to be rem to be remembered as a good person the only problem there is that we are 7.7 billion people on this planet which means that uh, it might not work out it might not work out as you want it to work out because there's going to be like maybe even 10,000s of people that just dislike you by nature and or even hate you just because you are you and they are them but it's not going to be about you it's than actually about them, at my point of view, at least. But yeah, three other questions that I hope that you're going to show yourself, uh, ask yourself are, why, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? And those three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even some business ideas, since a lot of companies started out with solving something that really pissed them off in the first place and or fixing it and those things. But yeah, um subscribe to the podcast and also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you do not want to miss out on any value that I'm providing here and or trying to provide here. So please check it out. Please subscribe and I'm hopefully going to see you the next time.